The interviews and discussions in this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, is sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, a leading Australian corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Focused on your vision, Barclay Pierce specialises in making it a successful reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison. Now, today we're looking at the sports betting industry. This is a sector which is worth around $5.5 billion today. It's expected to grow by 5% this year alone. Now, this is an interesting space when you look at the impact of COVID and the resulting stay-at-home orders, of course, in many many parts of the world. Um, That's had a significant impact on the sector, although there have been, on the other hand, significant disruptions to both competitions and leagues and sporting events uh, right around the world. Now, we're lucky enough to be joined by Bill Richmond. Bill is the CEO of Bluebet, an ASX-listed stock with the code BBT. Uh, Bill, so good to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Ariel. So, Bill, you, you have recently released some earnings results, but what sort of growth are you seeing at the moment and how much of it would you put down to COVID? Yeah, look, I mean... Certainly, we had a very strong quarter. We put out our quarterlies uh, you know, at the end of October there, and we had really strong growth uh, both quarter on quarter and year on year. Now, certainly during that period, there were lockdowns in both New South Wales and Victoria. And really what that did was really accelerate an existing pattern, which was that migration to online. That migration's been you know, underway for a long time now, as we've seen the uh, online you know, part of the wagering pie grow and grow. But we certainly saw an acceleration of that migration during the period. And what we saw last time when we came out of lockdowns, uh, which was last year, really, we had those long lockdowns and we, you know, we saw similar patterns and similar growth. But those clients you know, stayed with us post lockdowns as well. You know, they enjoyed the experience of betting online. And while they're certainly going back to the races or back to the pubs, they're still betting on their mobiles. And mobiles is really you know, where everything in this industry uh, is at. And we've got a very much a mobile first strategy with everything we do. Uh, and it certainly dominates, you know, in terms of our turnover and uh, and revenue as well. You know, you've um, been in the betting industry, the sports betting industry, uh, for, for a number of years. Um, you started off, interestingly enough, in, in communications and sort of worked worked your way up through product and digital and so forth. How much have things changed? Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, and it's interesting when we look at that as a comparison to the US market at the moment as well, which is sort of in a similar uh, probably you know, point in that journey. Um, I started at Sporting but, uh, post-uni in about 2004, I think it was. And certainly, you know, we were a phone-dominated business there uh, with you know, some internet. Um, but really, mobile's been the big game changer in this space. I mean, as I you know, touched on briefly before, everything we do, we think mobile first. Um, you know, two-thirds of our bets now come through our native apps. Uh, which is the iOS app and the Android app, and a great percentage of the rest of the business is also mobile traffic. So people using Safari or something on the mobile. So certainly, I mean, if you probably the numbers around eighty percent of our of our bets come through someone using a mobile device, and you know, from a period where none were taken that way, uh, when people had flip phones, obviously that's been the biggest driver of change. Um, and you know, and the range of products also increased significantly in that time, which you know. And development of product that suits the mobile device as well. There's been a number of other changes, you know, that really putting um, information in front of customers. Customers demand that now. 
you know, we've recently integrated a whole new form into our website just to give you know, punters some more information. We're currently integrating you know, racing.com so punters can see vision and that sort of thing as well. So all those things are you know, huge changes just to give the best experience we can for, you know, for our punters. You just mentioned flip phones. Jeepers, that took me back. <laughs> <laughs> Not showing my age or anything, of course, Bill. No, well, I've been in this game for that long, so. So how much of your budget then goes on technology and, and tech research and, and keeping all, you, all of your systems and, and apps and so forth updated? Yeah, certainly. We develop you know, all that in-house. Uh, we have you know, our own betting engine uh, that we own all the source code to now and continue to develop. And our apps are a mix of in-house and contractors, but you know, all, all our own. Um, so whether that be our native apps or our website, um, it's got you know, a lot better the development of that. Certainly our new apps, uh, iOS and Android, is you know, running off the same core now. So it certainly trims down the amount of development we have to do. Um, and obviously as part of our IPO raise, um, a significant you know, a portion of that is going to continue on you know, ongoing platform development. Um, both for Australia and the US, there are you know, significant differences between the two markets and there are things we have to develop uh, to make sure we're, you know, our products at the forefront for the US as well. So, yeah, it is a significant portion because, you know, product is everything in this game. We all bet on the rugby league. We all bet on the AFL. We all bet on the horse racing. So what really differentiates you is the quality of your product that you, prevent you, you, know, you present to your customers. You just talked about your IPO. Um, interesting timing. I mean, you have just listed. How is that experience going for you? Yeah, no, look, it's been a very positive experience. Um, you know, obviously... Uh, raising significant funds you know, largely for the US, uh, but also to really turbocharge growth in the Australian business. The Australian business is, you know, it was profitable, uh, at the, you know, it has been profitable for this, uh, a good amount of time now, uh, really on a you know, fairly small market share. And it really gives us the opportunity to turbocharge that growth in Australia. We've put all the platforms in place with technology, with teams and that sort of stuff. So it's a, you know, we're a really good place to scale the Australian business on the back of that. And obviously, um, the funds raised for the IPO offer us you know, the opportunity to attack what is you know, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for a market like the US, or you know, certainly a market of the size and sophistication of the US to open up um, you know, from a point where it's essentially illegal or underground. So, so let's talk about what you're doing in the US. You've already got some experience betting on um, US sports. You've executed your initial agreement in Iowa, um, and you expect that to start taking bets in, well, early next year next year. Um, talk to us about that. Yes, yeah, certainly. So, I mean, that's part of our, you know, we've got very much a two-fold strategy in the US, which is really to leverage off, um, you know, our expertise in running a profitable sports book uh, and, you know, our expertise in building, you know, technology platforms, um, you know, wagering platforms, uh, which is something, you know, it sounds funny to say that the US uh, is short and anything that's technology-based, but building a wagering platform and wagering sites is very different to, you know, anything else. Uh, so our technology experience will be very valuable there as well. Uh, as you touched on, we're looking to be uh, live in Iowa um, in the first quarter of next calendar year. Um, so that's certainly very exciting for us. Uh, and we're looking to be live in you know, another two states next calendar year as well. Uh, as we look to grow our B2C business there, um, the B2C business is you know, certainly going to be an important part of our ongoing you know, mix in the US, but really the long-term strategy is around providing Sportsbook as a solution, which is where we go in and run 
um, use our expertise in running profitable sports books to help organisations who don't have that experience and don't have the technology expertise um, to have a sports book and have a profitable sports book, which is something that you know is proving you know very tough in America at the moment uh, with people you know with huge costs of acquisition. Um, our model is very much you know built around being a capital light model for us, where we use our those expertise uh, and partner with people who've got existing brands and existing data. Uh, to allow us access to clients. How is that going? Because, of course, the the way things that works from a regulatory standpoint in the US is very different to how we do things here in Australia. In fact, there are numerous US states that have not even legalised betting as as yet. That's right. I mean, probably the four biggest states, you know, um, which are um, California, Texas, Florida and New York, are not really live in betting in any way. I mean, there's been some announcements recently in New York, Florida's had some you know, back and forth uh, and there's some legal cases going on there at the moment, whereas in New York and, sorry, California and Texas are um, you know, 12 to 24 months away at least. So, yeah, it's a, there's some still enormous markets to open up there. Um, so, you know, it, it is very exciting. Um, and certainly, you know, we have you know, a very clear strategy about the states we're looking to go into from a B2C point of view. And they're states that, you know, there's a clear path to profitability for us. Um, so we've handpicked those states and we're working through that process at the moment. There's plenty of opportunities there. Um, you know, and we've certainly you know, been dynamic in assessing all those as they come, become available. What, what do you think? You mentioned that uh, by the end of next year, you're likely to have two other states in play in, in the US. Which states are those? As a B2C operator, we don't want to get involved in huge media markets. So, you know, a number of the states we're looking at in, you know, in North America have good opportunities for us. You know, as I say, we'll be assessing on what's got the clearest path to profitability for us, which comes down to things like license fees, taxation, and the media market and what it's going to cost for us to acquire customers there. In these states, we're doing our own customer acquisition. So, you know, certainly a state like New York, um, which we would, you know, we're not realistically in a position to go for a license for anyway, which they've just announced theirs. Yeah, they've got huge license fees, huge tax taxation, and huge, um, you know, costs of acquiring there. So we, we're picking states, and, you know, I think Iowa and some of the other states that we mentioned in our prospectus give a pretty good guide to, you know, the sort of states we're looking at. Um, but there are, you know, interesting opportunities happening all the time. I mean, you know, just the states that are, are becoming available. I mean, uh, there's a number of, sort of through that middle part of America. Um, Ontario and Canada is a state um, you know, that certainly you know, are looking to legalise sports betting. So there's a number of opportunities opening all the time. Uh, and, you know, it's really a matter for us to assess those and work out which one's the best ones for us to go live. Um, yeah, and that's looking post-Iowa. So if we're you know, looking to go live in Iowa in around March next year, um, you know, we'll be rolling those out. Um, beyond that. So so you just talked about Ontario and Canada and that's interesting as well. Um, do you have a time frame in, in Canada uh, and are you looking elsewhere there for opportunities? Yeah, look, I mean, Canada's an opportunity that everyone's looking at, I think. Um, there's a lot of detail to be released there yet, um, but certainly I think they're looking to have sports being live in the early part of you know, next year as well. Um, so, yeah, look, certainly all those opportunities we assess as they come through. Um, and, I, yeah, I think Ontario is the only state that has announced it so far in Canada. There's certainly rumblings in other states. But, I mean, if Ontario was in, you know, it would be the biggest jurisdiction to open up um, so far. Uh, it would be, if it was placed in America, it would be the fifth biggest state there behind the four I mentioned before with a population of around 14 million. So, yeah, it's certainly an opportunity that's worth assessing. 
um, along with you know, a number of other states that, uh, that are coming online in the US at the moment. Bill, what sort of re- reaction do you get overseas as an Australian company uh, coming in? Do you get, you know, uh, a reaction, you know, we love the Aussies uh, coming in, let's have a conversation, or does it go the other way? Does it go, well, you know, you're an Australian business, you're clearly going to be small, um, and therefore we're not that interested in talking to you? Yeah, I think it can work both ways. I think, I think it's particularly in the US, Australians are well-received on the whole. Mm. Um, on the whole. <laughs> on, on the whole. From a business perspective, I think maybe there's we're underestimated, you know, the, how competitive this Australian market is and, you know, what's gone on here. Um, I certainly think maybe that um, Americans are getting sick of some other people from other countries coming and telling them exactly how to do things. Uh, you know, and I think it's a very important part of going into a country like America and really listening to the local audience and listening to you know, local people about what, what the customers want because I think a lot of people have presumed that what works perhaps in Europe will work in the US and I don't think that's necessarily the case. So local research and uh, listening to you know, local experts is obviously something that's very important uh, you know, for us going forward. You know, we're talking about, obviously, expansion in in, uh, in America and North America, Canada, but you've still got a lot of the local market to capture. Um, I know one of your targets is 5% market share by 2025, so that's still quite a low market share. Yeah, certainly. I mean, as I said uh, before, we really built a really strong base uh, in Australia at this stage, um, and, you know, we are only just over 1% market share. The money we've raised from the IPO is really going to allow us to turbocharge our growth here. I mean, we're certainly growing at a faster rate uh, than the market at this stage in Europe. We're really, we're really confident about as we continue to put money, marketing dollars into the Australian market, we really can continue to grow. And the great thing for us being profitable at, at that, you know, just over 1% is most of that flows straight through to the bottom line. Obviously, we're increasing our marketing spend and there's some cost of sales around um, product fees and that sort of stuff to go up, you know, in, in line uh, with our turnover, but our fixed costs remain very much the same, and yeah, you know, that's the huge advantage about being an online business and you know really a mobile first business as well. Is that we don't have to change you know our you know, our overheads too much in terms of staff and that sort of stuff. We doubled our business um, you know sort of last financial year, and we really only need to add a couple of headcount to that to really support that. So you know it, it's really a very scalable business, both in terms of what our technology can handle. Uh, and also what the business can handle uh, as we grow. So look, there's tremendous opportunity for us in Australia. Um, you know, it's very much a dual strategy of ours. We're not sort of just looking at the US. We really want to grow the Australian business uh, first and foremost. Um, and that's going to provide us with the base to really you know, attack this wonderful opportunity in the US. And you talked about um, marketing spend there um, with your awesome new campaign or relatively new campaign. How's that going? It's going very well, thanks. I mean, it's an extension of what we did last year. And really, we're one of the few um, Australian betting companies. You know, most of the big operators in Australia are, are big UK or multinational companies. Um, so as an Australian bookie, we're very proud to be an Australian company. Um, and we thought if we're going to go down that path, we might as well totally own it, which I think we've done. Uh, we've gone, you know, uh, right on with it, as an Australian expression would be in terms of, uh, in terms of the, the Australian around, you know, what we provide to Australian customers and understanding Australian customers. So, look, it's very important. Yeah, it's been it's been successful. Uh, it's very important we back you know back that proposition, back that up with our proposition in terms of customer service and that sort of thing as well. Which you know we, we've we've got a really strong focus on. What is the most in demand um, product to bet on or sport to bet on right now? Yeah, I mean certainly racing's obviously been through a really busy time with the spring carnival. Uh, where the growth, I suppose, is I mean obviously Aussie rules and uh, NRL are 
you know, the two biggest sports out here. But the US sports have you know, seen incredible growth over the last few years. NBA is incredibly popular with the younger punters, as is NFL. Um, and, you know, the, the difference in products you know, has changed significantly. The same game multis is certainly something that, you know, the younger punters in particular love. Um, but that US sport, it's a great time for Australia. Obviously, it's on you know, in the morning here. Um, and there's, especially from an NBA point of view, there's plenty of product. Um, you know, there's multiple games, uh, you know, huge amounts of games every week. So you know, it, it's an incredibly um, popular product. Um, and I suppose the other product that's grown significantly for us um, you know, is, uh, is the Greyhounds, which you know, I think many people would probably underestimate. But we've seen you know, really strong growth in our Greyhound product at night. And again, look, I think that goes back to having that real mobile-first approach. It's, it's very much a mobile product, whether people sitting around or, you know, at the pub or whatever, um, looking at the Greyhounds, you know, it's, it's certainly been a surprise back because I think probably 15 or 20 years ago, most people thought it was you know, on a you know, long decline. Bill, talk to me about crypto. When I say crypto to you, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, look, it's an incredible opportunity, but it, it obviously there's significant risk with it from a you know, know your customer, an AML point of view. Uh, for a company like ours. Um, in Australia, the regulators have been fairly firm on it not being you know, something that they're looking at in the near, in the near future because um, really you know, we have a, we, incredible responsibilities around uh, our Know Your Customer and our AML. Um, so, look, it, it, it's obviously an incredible opportunity in terms of taking bets through crypto. But there's, there's a number of risks that go with it that would have to be mitigated before we got to that point of view. There's obviously a number of you know, other businesses around the space you know, that we look at in terms of virtual sports and virtual racing and uh, those sorts of things uh, that are certainly very interesting. So look, it, it's certainly going to be probably a part of you know, sports betting going forward. It's just what that timeline looks like. Yeah, really bad regulation. And, and that's a difficult one. That's a difficult one for any company. I think any business that's that's looking at potentially including um, crypto in their offering. Um, but what you, you you then mentioned sort of digital sports and esports, of course, is huge. So what what sort of time frame do you see if we put crypto aside, the currency side of it aside for a moment, and just look at esports? What's the time frame there? Yeah, I mean, we already bet on esports, and you know, there's some companies around the world who only bet on esports, which you know. It's it, and it's an interesting space from our point of view. It's yeah, you know, it's probably a non-traditional audience. In do do customers who bet on esports then migrate um, to bet on normal sports and racing, etc., like that, or are they just esports punters? And, and what's the future in just having an esports business in terms of you know the, prof- the the genuine chance for that to be a standalone profitable business? So look, it's it, again, it's it's really understanding uh, your customer. I think is a really important part of that. Uh, but yeah, you know, certainly. It's an interesting niche, um, and yeah, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't be. Yeah, you know, we certainly are looking at you know every part of the opportunity, um, but at this stage, it sort of remains a fairly minor part in, in betting in Australia. Um, but look, it obviously has incredible opportunity, uh, and you'd be very naive to think that it's not going to have you know, a part of the overall mix going forward. So, what are the most exciting things, um, Bill, that we can expect from? Blue bet over the next twelve months. Yeah, look, it's really growing the Australian business uh, from from that point of view. We launched a new website uh, just before the you know, carnival, which has had you know, great feedback. We've got brand new apps coming into the market in the next couple of weeks as well. Really, you know, we're really excited about them and um, the experience that they'll give uh, give our customers um, with that new form, with some vision and those sorts of things. It's you know, really a much more uh, entertaining experience, and that's what we always have our heart. You know. 
the vast majority of people bet for entertainment. Uh, so, it, you know, it's very you know, important for us to present a, you know, something that's not just a transactional platform, but it's really an entertainment platform. From Australia, that's certainly our focus um, and really to continue to grow the Australian business. Um, from the US perspective, obviously very excited to, excited to go live in Iowa. Um, and then, you know, we are certainly looking to have at least another couple of states online uh, by the end of next calendar year. So uh, we'll be setting, you know, we're setting up some office, we're setting up, currently setting up offices over there. Um, we've got a number of stuff we're working on from a marketing perspective, uh, really to make sure we hit the ground running. We've done some deals over there, uh, which have been announced already. Uh, plus, we're uh, you know looking to roll out some uh, equally engaging marketing campaigns over there that really you know hope to be a bit different because uh, it obviously is a very crowded market where there are companies with a lot deeper pockets than us spending a lot of money. So you know we have to be very targeted. We have to be very smart about what we do. But I do you know, honestly believe our experience of not just running a sports book, but also running what it means to run marketing for a sports book is a huge advantage. I think you know, there's been a lot of you know, lack of understanding around you know, uh, different things, incentives and stuff to open accounts, but people maybe haven't got that mixed right. So, But I certainly think our experience is going to be a huge benefit over there. Um, so, yeah, we're really looking forward to getting over there. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't been able to set foot over there just yet, but we'll certainly, uh, all of us, we've got some staff who've gone over from Australia and we'll certainly be uh, going over in the next couple of months as well. We have the, the, a lot of the team from here to, to really get a feel for it um, and to really understand what we should, you know, should be pushing. Fantastic. I'm very much looking forward to catching up with you um, early in the new year, um, Bill, to see how uh, everything's going and how Bluebeat is, is moving forward both in Australia and overseas. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks very much, Ariel. Bill Richmond with us there. And thanks, of course, to all of our listeners, all of our supporters. You are listening to Stock Insiders with me, Ariel Morrison. We'll catch you next time. This episode of the Stock Insiders podcast with me, Oriel Morrison, was sponsored by Barclay Pierce Capital, Australia's leading corporate advisory and equities trading firm. Barclay Pierce Capital provides specialised corporate advisory and equities trading services to privately owned businesses, small to medium-sized public and ASX-listed companies.